Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Monday, October 21st of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. We are getting closer to growing hemp here in Louisiana. Members of both the Senate and House Agriculture Committees got an update yesterday at the state capitol on the latest rules and regulations for growing hemp. We'll talk more about that with House Agriculture Committee Chairman Clay Shakesnyder coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. It could take a few weeks for negotiators to hammer out the specifics of the Phase 1 U.S.-China trade deal. Gary Crawford has more from Washington. What exactly is in that Phase 1 trade deal with China? I have not seen uh, any specifics. Under Secretary of Agriculture for Trade Ted McKinney in Hanoi, Vietnam Friday, speaking to reporters by phone, reporters who wanted to know more about the agreement. Was that 40 to $50 million of extra Chinese purchases, referring only to food and ag products? Was this amount to be phased in or come all in one year? Again, McKinney said he's not seen any details, but... In fairness, you'll recall that the president... Basically said, we've come to a deal pretty much subject to getting it written. It'll take probably three weeks, four weeks, or five weeks. To really put down on paper a lot of things that were conceptual. But McKinney said details or not, it's still a positive thing for agriculture. Because I think the two sides are back to talking. And also, uh, you can never go wrong if they're talking about significant added purchase of food and ag products. And Chinese purchases have already been increasing over the last three weeks. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. House Democrats continue to voice optimism that they will allow a vote on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal. But they're making no promises, and Republicans are increasingly critical of the delays. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy says the Democrats have already gotten what they want. The requirements the Democrats have asked for have now been met. Those milestones of the, the, of the steel tariffs, the idea that Mexico would even have a vote in their own Senate to change their labor laws proves it's an opportunity now to move forward. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she's optimistic on getting a vote, but in her words, we're not there yet. Farmers and ranchers are some of the biggest advocates for sustainability. Michael Clements has more. Farmers and ranchers have a good story to tell regarding sustainability and climate-friendly practices. Andrew Walmsley, American Farm Bureau Federation Congressional Relations Director, says agriculture is part of the foundation of sustainability. Sustainability is huge for farmers and ranchers. With the debate around climate change, we've got a pretty good story to tell on what has been achieved in a voluntary incentive-based fashion. We're producing 270% more with the same amount of inputs over the last 50 years, and that's all tied to innovation in agriculture. Walmsley says there are many ways farmers and ranchers implement sustainable practices. Innovative techniques in agriculture helps build upon that platform of sustainability. And it's not just the on-farm practices. We can sequester carbon in the soil. We can adopt practices like cover crops. But we've also been big proponents of renewable energy, whether that's biofuels, on-farm solar and wind, digesters, those type of technologies. Agriculture is always looking for a solution. Walmsley says it's important farmers be part of the sustainability 
accountability conversation. There's certain things that we can definitely support. There's certain things that we can build upon that we're already doing. But there's also things that can harm agriculture when it comes to public policy. So uh, it's important for farmers to be engaged in making sure that folks are inviting farmers and ranchers to the table to talk about our good work and what we can do going forward. Michael Clements, Washington. A House and Senate Agriculture Committee hearing at the state capitol yesterday discussed the new rules and regulations that have been formulated for growing hemp in Louisiana. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry Mike Strain presented the plan that his department has developed for licensing hemp growers. We have the plan ready to go and the rules, and that is one of the steps under the state law, which follows the guidelines of federal law. We have to write a plan uh, in conjunction with the governor and the attorney general, which we have done, and also working with the House and Senate Ag Committees. And once that is done, and it's been through that process, then the House and Senate Ag Committees must approve the plan. And once they have approved the plan, then we can submit it to the USDA for their final approval once the USDA has their rules in place. Strain says the USDA rules should be in place by November. Once their rules are in place and under review that our plan and rules are within the boundaries of their plans and rules, then they have 60 days to accept or reject our plan. Once our plan is approved, then we will begin uh, registering and selling licenses, uh, basically, uh, to grow industrial hemp in Louisiana. We'll have more on this hearing with House Agriculture Committee Chairman Clay Shakespeare coming up later. The front that moved through Louisiana yesterday brought more rain, making for an even messier sugar cane harvest. Bobby Morris farms 3,200 acres of cane in West Baton Rouge Parish. He says his fields are now a muddy mess, just like last year. Last year was a was a real wet harvest, you know, and what what happens is uh, the, the the ruts and everything that we we worked in from last year's harvest, those ruts are still there. All we did was kind of put a band-aid on them. Uh, on the roads and and in the fields, just put a band-aid on them, and long as it was dry, everything was good. But uh, uh, with this weather, you know, it just it just brings back the uh, I guess you could say bring back the memories from from last harvest, and uh, you know. But we just got to be prepared for it, and that's uh, that's all part of it. Morris says early yields have been down this year, but sugar content has been higher. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always check our website to stay up to date. It's voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com. We update it every weekday with all the latest news and happenings in our state's agricultural industry. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. Just click the button right in the middle of the home page, fill out your name and email address, and you'll be subscribed to the Daily Voice. We'll deliver it right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We saw a slight pullback in the grain markets today. Scott Shelley is with Merrick Solutions on the trading floor in Chicago. I've taken a look at a lot of these charts. We haven't seen any real big fundamental news out there, so I think we're doing a little bit of a backfill. Um, we've seen a decent rally as of late anyway, and I think that we're going to need to, they say, feed the bull every day. That's an old thing, but it's very true because you have to remember, as much as you say you might like the market to go higher, you need to give a new reason to a new bull to come in and buy it, right? And that's the issue. So right now, it gets to be cyclical. 
psychological. So that's what we're going through right now. This is still a psychological trade about, hey, are we going to find any new news that's going to keep this market going higher? And so people start to have their own activities, and that's how this market really kind of starts to act the way it is. So I, I would say right now it's kind of white noise. Just let it relax. Uh, but we're going to have to wait to see what the next bit of news is. November beans down three quarters, 9.33 and a quarter. January soybeans down three quarters, 9.46 and three quarters. Corn closed lower. December corn down three and three quarters, 3.87 and a quarter. March corn down three and a quarter, 3.99 and a half. July wheat down six and a quarter, 5.37 and three quarters. Rough rice closed lower. November rice down 11 and a half, 11.79 and a half. January rice down 13 cents at 12.07 a hundredweight. The cotton market closed lower in New York yesterday, but overall the fundamentals look good. That's according to Terry Rogensack with the Hightower Report. Cotton struggling, but has rallied, impressive rally so far, and clearly the demand side's been coming in better than expected. Cumulative sales, 59.5% of the USDA forecast for the whole year, 50.8% is the five-year average so very impressive sales pace even before a trade deal is done. Market is seen stronger than expected demand. Traders are growing more confident the global economy can expand as well. December cotton down 60 points yesterday, closing at 64.56. The March contract down 47 points at 65.34. January sugar up 7, 26.16. We had another explosion and fire at a beef packing plant in Kansas last Thursday, and that put pressure on the cattle market. The Cargill Dodge City plant suffered an explosion Thursday, and that caused the cattle market to pull back as traders are nervous about plant closings. We ended up selling cash-fed cattle a dollar lower at 108. Dressed sales came in at 174 on Friday. The futures market on Monday was higher in fed cattle, steady to lower on feeder cattle. December live cattle up 25 cents, 113.87. The February contract up 15 at 119.22. November feeder cattle unchanged, 142.85. January feeders down 35 cents, 139.10. We're moving closer to the day when Louisiana farmers can grow hemp. The House and Senate Agriculture Committees held a hearing yesterday at the state capitol to get updated on the latest rules and regulations for growing hemp in Louisiana. We'll check in with House Agriculture Committee Chairman Clay Shakesnyder, who authored the bill legalizing hemp. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farmers, ranchers, I know this is a tough time for you. The weather's been working against you. Your costs are going up while the price you're getting paid for what you grow is going down. When you're having trouble making ends meet, feeling down or depressed, remember, you're not alone. Call your neighbor, visit a friend, reach out to your Farm Bureau Field Services Director. Please talk to someone because we need you and we care. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation the voice of Louisiana agriculture. The voice of Louisiana agriculture podcast. Our guest today is state representative Clay Shakesnyder. 
Clay chairs the House Agriculture Committee. Both the House and Senate Ag Committees held a joint hearing yesterday to discuss the new rules and regulations for growing hemp in Louisiana. Here's Avery Davidson with Clay Shakespeare. Thanks, Carrie. Joining me now is House Ag Committee Chairman Clay Sheck-Snyder. And Clay, y'all just discussed uh, the, the regulations that are proposed for industrial hemp production here in Louisiana. What are your thoughts after hearing what uh, Commissioner Strain had to say? I think uh, Commissioner Strain did a great job on putting these rules and regulations in place. I think um, we're looking at a new uh, commodity for our farmers that's going to be really productive that uh, I think once we, there, there'll be some hiccups along the way, but I think with the rules and regulations that we have in place and in, in place with the act that we had passed this past session, I think the farmers are in a good shape to be able to produce a good crop and, and make a good living. I know Commissioner Strain was talking about a possible January 1 uh, timeline to start issuing licenses. You seem to think that that was, might, might be just a little bit ambitious. Your thoughts on, on that? Well, and, and we put that in the bill whenever we had passed it this last session to be able to at least get it to January 1. And we've been working diligently on both sides. His staff and our staff have worked together along with the AG's office to be able to get these rules and stuff in place to hit that January 1st uh, deadline. So I think, we're, I think we're close. We're not that far off, but mm-hmm. I, think we're, I think we're close on hitting that mark. I'm going to ask you to do something that might be very difficult to do, and that's get into the head of Senator Francis Thompson. Uh, He asked about seed and making sure that the seed comes in clean is doesn't have any um, hitchhikers, as he put it, that coming in as well. Oh, do you share some of those concerns? And what are your concerns about seed coming having to come in from outside of Louisiana that may not have gone through the rigorous testing that we have over at LDIF? Well, and we we addressed that in the bill as well. If you look at the bill, we addressed it in there where it had to be a certified seed within the United States for now. All right. So Kentucky has a certified seed. Um, Colorado, believe it or not, has a certified hemp seed. There's a few states that have them. Now, we'll have to reach some outside. And look, our big thing is protecting our farmers. We don't want to have to have a farmer that goes and purchases a seed and he plants it all and the THC level is so high that he loses money on both ends. He can't sell his product and he paid too much for the seed. That's what we're trying to protect. So I think with what we have in place, what the commissioners put in place, I think the seed uh, issue will be just getting the high demand in, which the federal government's already looking at that, uh, getting seeds from Canada, getting seeds from uh, Africa, some of those places that have a good quality seed. If we can do that and, and, and get those seeds in here and get them approved from the state, we'll, we'll be in good shape. Um, what are your concerns for the future? Obviously, the plant looks like something illegal whenever it's out there growing. Do you have any concerns moving forward? I think the big thing as far as moving forward is I think the local sheriffs will have an issue in the beginning where people who don't know and they'll see it growing. They, they may mistake it for uh, marijuana or whatever. But other than that, I don't see a big issue as far as public-wise. I think the public has done a really good job on educating themselves on the difference between what hemp and marijuana is. Uh, I hate using those words together because they do get confusing sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think the public, as long uh, it, uh, with the commissioner, House, Senate, we've done a good job at educating our constituents and educating the public on it 
you'll always have some of those people that that don't understand that we'll have to educate along the way. But I think in the long run, I think it's going to be good. Okay, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. Uh, we're just coming out of the election. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, came off of uh, you, you're coming back here, uh, but there are going to be a lot of new faces. Any of your concerns going forward with the new legislature coming in? Believe it or not, there, there is some concerns. I mean, we're going to have roughly 50 new House members, and uh, that's that's a huge turnover. Uh, not knowing where these uh, these people associate with ag sometimes or just in general being new to the house we're going to have to educate as well but i think i think the big thing is just getting them in here i I know a lot of them i spoke to a lot of them that have been elected i think they're they're very uh anxious to get here and get started and a lot of them actually used the industrial hemp side in their campaign forward that to help them get here so i think some of them have an understanding I think that just the, the new 50 will be uh, tough, but other than that, I don't have concerns. I know they'll come in and do a great job. Well, we know you'll continue to do a great job for agriculture as well. He is Representative Clay Sheck Snyder, chair of the House Agriculture Committee. Thanks again to Avery Davidson, host of the weekly television show This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, for getting that interview for us at the state capitol today. Well, that wraps up this Monday edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for October 21st of 2019. We'll be back tomorrow, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you tomorrow on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.